0: We're still early in terms of federated learning. So
1: as AI algorithms are kind of penetrating the marketplace, what we're seeing is people starting to understand and start to get some experience. And the one thing we're seeing across the board is the need to test this stuff on local data. So the opportunity for federated learning is to now move the algorithms to the data, let the data kind of reside in the local institution. And so that's where we see a lot of potential at the moment to kind of accelerate some of the the tuning, if you will, to local conditions.
0: All right, today we have a solution showcase for you. We have a conversation that I've, I've moderated from the HIMSS floor at the VMware booth with NVIDIA, with Rhino Health, and with the American College of Radiology. And this is about federated learning for AI models. It's a very fascinating conversation. Mike Tilkin represents the American College of Radiology. We have a Ty Diane, who represents Rhino Health, really cool solution for federated learning. And Obviously, we're in the VMware booth and we have Brad Genero, who is with NVIDIA. And Great discussion. I hope you enjoy. All right. We learned something the last time we did one of these. We learned that you have to have the mics almost in your mouth uh, so that people can hear you. So I'm excited for this conversation. We're going to be exploring federated learning. We're also going to be exploring building out your AI infrastructure around that. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to have each of you introduce yourself, who you're with and what your role is. So hi, I'm Mike Tilgan. I'm the
1: chief information officer and executive vice president for technology at the American College of Radiology. So we are a physician organization about 100 years old, and we represent over 40,000 radiologists. And so we have programs that around quality and safety and research and education, all aimed at empowering our members to provide the best possible patient.
2: Hi, everyone. I'm Tai Dayan, co-founder and CEO of Clinical Health, physician in background. Bino Health is a disruptive AI startup with a goal of revolutionizing the field using distributed compute and privacy preserving federated learning.
3: And hey, uh, my name is Brad Jenneru, Medical Imaging and Smart Hospitals Alliance Manager with NVIDIA. And what I do is I cover developer relations on anything in the medical imaging and smart hospitals ecosystem, whether it's AI, visualization, virtualization, or analytics. Doing the full stack to help deliver solutions to the possible providers.
0: All right, former CIO, we always start with the use case. I want to know what problem you're trying to solve or what you're doing for the industry. So, Mike, we'll, we'll start with you. What's the problem we're trying to solve? Yeah, well, as AI hit the radar screen about
1: five or so years ago in the out of the computer vision community, the ACR created the Data Science Institute. And our goal was to promote the safe and effective use of AI. So we looked at the types of use cases clinically that would be useful. We looked at the data needs since these are data hungry applications. We looked at the workflow needs to make sure that they're implemented in kind of safe and effective ways. And we spent quite a bit of time looking at what it means for these algorithms to be ready for prime time. What it means to validate the algorithms. And then because we know they're susceptible to drift to make sure we're monitoring over time. So it was kind of a make sure safe and effective use of AI. All right, so your
0: member organizations utilize your services for validating these AI models, for making sure there's no drift. I mean, is that, am I capturing that right? So so we
1: have a, a wide array of quality and safety programs. And so things like national registries or accreditation or things of that sort. So what we're trying to do is to make sure that the community is applying these effectively. So we do have programs to help promote safety. We're also advocating, we're working with regulators, we're working with industry, we're trying to educate our members. So the problem space right now is as much education and providing tools, not just ourselves, but, but really promoting industry tool space that's gonna help folks validate algorithms, train it on their local data, test it on their local data. So really trying to create an
0: ecosystem for success. All right, so when I hear that, you have a lot of member organizations that are connected to you. You're pulling that data in. This gives me a way to work with other organizations through you to validate these models and then take these models out into the clinical world and, and those kind of things. Is that, is that accurate? Well,
1: and, and empower our members. So individual institutions are gonna work with vendors directly. So they're looking for guidance. They're looking for what I need to worry about. What's the infrastructure I need at my facility? How do I need to communicate with with the larger community to understand that my performance characteristics
0: are appropriate to kind of a national par? That's kind of where we're trying to trying to help. So, Atai, what do I need to have as a health system to participate with this? What's the what's the architecture? What does it look like?
2: So, Rhino is a distributed system based on thin clients and cloud orchestration. So you actually don't need a lot. if you set up a VM we could install our system very quickly. Cloud orchestration brings the best out of both the ability to use your existing IT stack without having to make major IT investments in order to participate in the AI development and validation game, while also being able to leverage the agility and scale of cloud.
0: I want to come to you. I love talking to you about this. We talked yesterday a little bit about this. This is an opportunity for me as a CIO to put in an architecture that's going to allow me to do many things. We talked yesterday about mammography and, and whatnot, but it's sitting on this same kind of, of architecture where we can build out the AI capabilities and we're, we're actually virtualizing this whole AI infrastructure. Talk a little bit about the infrastructure that sits underneath this.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So what we've done with NVIDIA certified systems and AI enterprise with VMware as our virtualization stack Creating an ecosystem where we can build all of our applications on one environment. Investing in one platform so that I don't have to go and buy one-off boxes for every single solution. Yesterday we talked about ICAD and mammography. Today we're talking about training AI models together using federated learning. If I were to have a box for every single one of these applications that we see, and even when we walk the show floor, it's impossible we need to have that stack that platform to build everything on top of and that's what we're creating with nvidia and empowering other partners vmware uh, with rhino health and ultimately with the acr
0: if you're out there you could be thinking about questions if you have questions we would we would love to take them uh, i want to come back to you as a cio one of the first things i want to be asked is who else is doing this what are the use cases what other organizations help me to understand Organizations that are utilizing the federated learning, what are some of the outcomes that they're seeing and what are some of the things they're, they're doing? Well, so we're still early in terms
1: of federated learning. So right now what I would say is, as AI algorithms are kind of penetrating the marketplace, what we're seeing is people starting to understand and start to get some experience. And the one thing we're seeing across the board is the need to test the stuff on local data. So we do things, for example, like we have a registry to get results back and help people benchmark and the like. So when it comes to, federated, or at least distributed validation, people are starting to take these algorithms and test on local data. In terms of training algorithms in kind of a community-federated manner, it's happening more in the research realm than it is kind of in a, a commercial realm at the moment. But it all kind of speaks to the same problem, which is the data is sitting locally. And what you see you with know, these really data-hungry applications, most of the efforts to collect lots of data start to bump up against the struggles of data leaving the facility. So the opportunity for federated learning is to now move the algorithms to the data, let the data kind of reside in the local institution. And so that's where we see a lot of potential at the moment to
0: kind of accelerate some of the, the tuning, if you will, to local conditions. So Ty, that is generally as a CIO, people come to me and say, Hey, can you move, move all your data up into our cloud platform? And then we'll process it all up here and what we'll, we'll bring it back down. That creates so many problems for me as a CIO, first of all, data in transit at rest. I mean, I've got to worry about all sorts of things. I don't know how they're storing that data. Now I have to verify their data center and all their practices and those kind of things. Talk about doing these algorithms at the edge and the benefit that we're, we're looking for.
2: Yeah, so, so this is a general industry challenge where most of AI today in healthcare is created on a very narrow training set and validated on very narrow and not necessarily representative data of a target population of patients. Much of that is driven by the cause, but today as a medical institute, in order to participate in the training and testing of AI, you need to either make major investments and adapt many new platforms locally for many one-off collaborations, such as was mentioned before uh, by Brad, or you need to move, agree to move all your data to the cloud. That may work for few collaborations and for early product development, but it doesn't work for product introduction and ongoing product improvement and validation when you need access to massive amounts of data. The ACR is well aware of that issue, and as part of that is laid an infrastructure of data management and interfacing tools that help you connect with uh, packs and uh, reporting systems in a meaningful and standardized way. That's a a very big part of the solution. After you have that, you need to be able to actually action on that data, and for that you need both a platform in order to validate algorithms and identify weaknesses, identify subpopulations that are not benefited in an equitable way by the model, and then you need a way to action against that and actually make product improvements, which is the federated training perspective. Nvidia have done an amazing job in terms of creating a lot of this seminal technology, such as the Flare system, which is now open-sourced and implemented by Rhino, in order to create a lot of these kind of like lower stack level tooling in order to build product. Now, Rhino is building a more consumer-facing and startup-facing, medical innovator-facing, institutional-facing tool, in order to scale out that innovation throughout large networks. The ACR use case is a very impressive and prominent one in the sense that it has interface with most of the radiology data in North America, that it's a highly reputable organization that has put the patient in the front of everything it does and has been actually building a lot of methodological frameworks for this for the last probably 10 years. Much of it done by the data science institution, and in that we think the ACR is an obvious partner in order to prove the value of using real-world data at scale in order to test products better and improve products for the benefit of patients.
3: One thing that I'll add is that you know when I talk to a CIO and say, hey, I'd like to get started, I'd like to work together. Let's say I'm a children's hospital. I want to work with other children's hospitals. Let's train a model together to identify a particular condition. If I have to start that conversation with, well, let's go buy a server, right? We're talking three months before we can get started, right? The, the amount of time to do any of these solutions, we, we can't wait, right? Let's get started now. And when we create this one stack, that we can run Rhino Health using NVIDIA Flare SDKs, open source tooling to help power what ACR is doing. We can now go to member hospitals and say, you got the stack, let's drop the VM on VMware, let's go, let's go. Like we can start now, we can start tomorrow and not have to wait. Tell me about
0: Flare, help me understand Flare a little bit better. I've heard it now said twice, so what exactly are we talking about here?
3: So Flare is our SDK to help drive, so federated learning, collaborative learning. What we would do in the past was create these data swamps, these data lakes where we put all the data up in one spot and we're gonna train our model up there and then we create our our, our model and then use it, validate it, et cetera. With Flare what we've done is different organizations that have their data, they leave their data there and it's basically a server-client relationship So the server, which could be at one of the member hospitals, it could be at the ACR, it could be up in the cloud, will orchestrate this training. So what happens is we start with a seed model. That seed model goes to all the different member hospitals using the Flare client. They train their models locally. So they take that model individually, do their their tuning, and then put a subset of the model weights, just the model weights, back up to that server aggregate an average uh, and then push that out for more rounds. So like five, six rounds. And the idea is that it's privacy uh, protection because we're not actually sending any healthcare data whatsoever. We're only doing a subset. It's You can't reverse decompile it, but ultimately we have a model that generalizes for all the different participants, rather than this is just geared towards one particular hospital, one particular modality, one particular manufacturer, generalizes for all so it's a framework that helps do this and we started with flare in medical imaging but what we're seeing is it applies all over the place it applies in EMR data plus imaging data we've actually done it we did a model uh, called exam which uses uh, chest x-rays and respiratory data to help train a model and we're also seeing it now being applied to finance and other domains outside of healthcare. But this one started in healthcare and we're propelling it forward, super exciting. All right,
0: I'm gonna come back to an interview I did with a CIO from an academic medical center. Any questions out there? Yes, so uh, the question I have is maybe slightly different from the AI
3: side of things and analytics, but more on the operational and transactional side of things, right? So, do you see a use case where your solution stack is applied to real-time data delivery where you're actually trying to drive the data delivery to different users in the healthcare space, particularly as the patient journey progresses from the facility from one area to the other? Because everybody's talking about analytics, which is fine. Great. You need that. No questions asked. But there's a big gap in the, if you want to call it, the interoperability side of things, where I would see this as as a potential for an, an, an implementation. So one thing that we've started to see using Flare is that it'll potentially applies not only to training workflows, but to other workflows as well. And one of the really neat ideas that we've started to explore is what does federated inference look like? So in this case, if we have a model and we've got a number of different participants that could run that model, we could all of a sudden create really high availability amongst a single hospital where you got multiple locations, maybe a hospital system, uh, or uh, different participants inside to say, hey, I don't have the capacity to run inference on this model right now. One of the other peers in this network could maybe potentially do it for me. Some of the challenges with that still is on the interoperability front because how do you get the data from one point to another? But this is where we've got things like DICOM with HL7. Uh, I do a lot of work in that space. Uh, I've written uh, a lot of the standards that uh, have gone into this. It's coming. It's absolutely coming.
0: Um, absolutely, I'd
1: love to. I was just gonna say that one of our key goals is to promote a thriving vendor ecosystem. We're trying to increase options for our members to do what they do. So interoperability is a huge you know part of this. So we do spend quite a bit of cycles thinking about how can we use this technology, how do these components need to talk to each other, how can the results get to the right place so that we can put the folks that are imaging experts, in our case, you know, the data in their hands to make the right decisions. So it's a huge, huge thing.
2: I would maybe add to that that as long as you live able to avoid data aggregation, you can do a lot of very interesting things using the system. And part of that is something which I think is now nicknamed as vertical FL, where we are not actually using data that's diverse yet redundant, but rather data that's complementary from different places. And as you mentioned, was a patient journey, maybe the patients scan in one hospital and the patients scan in another hospital is actually part of the larger panel data. Level than uh, the one model and one time step.
0: It's interesting, AI adoption within healthcare. I'm seeing really three areas. One is imaging, because the images are clean data. I'm seeing it in telemetry data, because the telemetry data, a lot of it, streaming all the time, clean data. I'm also seeing it in the administrative side, because you can make mistakes on the administrative side, and it doesn't impact outcomes. So those are the three areas I'm seeing it applied pretty significantly. I want to come back, I had an interview with a CIO from an academic medical center, and one of the things that he was driving home to me was the need to utilize local data. And in his words, he goes, everybody's trying to aggregate these massive data sets, and that's good for certain kinds of research and whatnot. He said, but I need the data, I need to start analyzing the data in my community, because my community is the perfect representation of my community right and so i can get uh, very detailed population health metrics around this community as opposed to trying to look at a larger data set isn't really going to help him to understand who's coming into his his ed during 10 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock in the morning and even that population set is a little different than the population he's seeing from 9 o'clock in the morning till you know, 10 o'clock. And he's talking about all that data set. How how important is that, that local data set to the members that you're working with?
1: Yeah, it's critically important for all the reasons you just described. These algorithms are also very sensitive to things like scanner type and protocol and all sorts of ways the images are acquired. Local variation is huge. So we really see the, the need in particular to test. If nothing else, validate, validate, make sure that it's working as you expect it on your population. Work with your vendor if it's not, obviously. Uh, make sure you're monitoring, because not only is it initially you want to make sure it's working, but you want to make sure it continues to work. So that's why we've pushed things like yeah, our AI registry to make sure you're monitoring over time. But I think that local variation for all the patient and other reasons is tremendously important.
0: Talk to me about drift. Uh, I mean, that's one of the things I'm hearing over and over again.
1: Well, so you've got performance characteristics based on your initial tests, which are fantastic, and they may be great. Then you see software updates, you see protocol changes, you see patient mix changes. And so at that point, the algorithm may perform not quite as well your data that's coming in on day two than it did on day one or day 30. And so we just see the the, the critical importance of just continuing to monitor that over time. Make sure you kind of keep your performance at the expected levels. If not, then you need need to address that.
0: Where can people get more information? If they want more information on the
1: work you're doing, where would yeah. they go? So at the American College of Radiology, the Data Science Institute, we have a dedicated website to the Data Science Institute. So that's a great resource to look at all the things that we've got from education to standards to technology to what's the latest and greatest list of cleared algorithms out there. So quite a bit of resources at the, the Data Science
3: Institute site. Ty?
2: Well, there's the Rhino Health website, www.rhinohealth.com, and also we plan to provide more uh, information about the ACR and Rhino collaboration soon. Where
0: would the name come from?
2: Well, many reasons, but I'd say that the uh, Rhino symbolizes breaking through obstacles, and uh-huh. we saw the Rhino as a data
0: silo buster. More information on what, what you're doing and VMware's doing?
3: Absolutely, so if you look up AI Enterprise at NVIDIA.com is a great place to start. NVIDIA certified systems. We've got a healthcare brief that shows exactly what the stack looks like uh, from the hardware through the virtualization with VMware all the way up to the top of the stack. with tools that help data scientists, to help developers, to help do that last mile.
0: The thing I love about this as a CIO is it's a platform, right? I get the platform. You mentioned this before. I get the platform in place. I can start working with the yep. American College of Radiology. I can start working with other systems. Because I have that, that infrastructure in place, I can start looking at these these other players that are, are out here and say, look, I need you to drop into my infrastructure. Because exactly. every time I do a one-off, complexity, cost, agility. The agility yep. is just lost. So. It's
3: unsustainable. It absolutely is.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Gentlemen, thank you for your time and thank you for everybody who's here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. What a great conversation with Mike Atai and Brad Genero with NVIDIA. We want to thank them for being a part of the panel. We also want to thank VMware for making their booth available to us to have this conversation and for all the people that participated in the conversation at the HIMSS conference. I love the federated learning aspect of this and I hope you got as much out of it as I did. We're looking for more interviews just like this, more conversations like this This is the conference channel. Head on over to the the newsroom channel and it's called This Week Health Newsroom. And we have interviews from the VIVE conference and the HIMSS conference that we have aired. There's going to be upwards of about 40 plus of those interviews. And they're fantastic. Getting great feedback from the community on those. So check those out. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. That's all for now.